Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, a show where a bunch of Asian people talk about Asian pop music and pop culture. My name is Tracy, and I'm here to tell you about the songs that we play on the show. Speaking of which, we started off the last show of the year with Die For You by Dean. This is a very important track because it marks the return of Dean, who, as you know, is a KRB cryptid who has basically disappeared from the music scene for several years. This is his first new music in a long, long while. After that, we played Help by Ojon, who is a far less cryptid KRB singer. Thank you for joining me on Asian Pop Nation. Tonight is a very special show. As I mentioned before, this is the last show of the year, actually, and we're recording it in studio. So we actually have other people in the studio with me right now. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, it's me, Alicia, here. And also, we have the man. Yes, I'm here, (laughs) Ethan. So that's our little crew for tonight. On tonight's show, we're going to be looking over the past year, reflecting on how it went. You know, what was important to us? What things will we look back on and be like, that was very 2023 to me. But first, we're going to play a few more songs. And this first one is, oh my God, I need to pull up the run sheet for this one. This one is really hard that to say. That sounds like a really good song. I really, I love that track. Who's it by? You really uh, ain't with that one, Tracy. <laughs> let me pull it up. This is Asian Pop Nation. My name is Tracy, and you've just heard three tracks. First up, we played Jace Chan featuring Chang Shu Ying with their song Sigue Haciendo. After that, we played Sumin featuring the great 90s singer Um Jung Hwa with the song Closet. This is a very nice jazz RB flavored track, classic Sumin track from her recent EP Chimi. And after that, we played Daisy's Japanese singer Mina Okabe with her song Talk to Me. And I guess right now we're going to talk to you about how 2023 was like for us, I guess the Asian Pop Nation team. We have a lot of people at Asian Pop Nation. Quite a few of them are actually traveling. So we've actually asked the Asian Pop Nation contingent that's frolicking around the globe to send in some clips about what they've been doing and how 2023 was like for them. And so first up, I think we're going to play Jessie's little postcard from Fujian, where she is staying right now. Hey guys, this is Jessie, your EP, hailing to you from the motherland of China. Now, I'm just here to kind of round off the year since I have been away and you guys haven't been here for most of the airways for a while. So I'm just here to tell you a bit about my travels in China and also just to kind of round things off, as to say. So I am currently in Fuzhou, which is, I think, around the southern part of China. And it's mainly been a pretty family-focused trip so far, so I've mainly been hanging out around here. So I kind of just wanted to highlight some of the key features of Fuzhou since it is not as, I guess, big or as well-known as a travel destination as some of the bigger cities in China, like Beijing or Shanghai. So basically, Fuzhou is pretty much known for its culture and also for a few other things, including some trees. These are called banyan trees. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. These trees basically have these huge canopies and they have these roots that extend from the branches that come down and meet the ground, and they can also form roots like that. Basically, the history behind them is that apparently a long time ago, the city really suffered from the summer heat and like floods. And so in order to try to help the citizens mitigate that without like building additional stuff, they planted these trees, which had huge canopies and they could shelter them from the various elements in the sun. And they also had huge roots, so they kind of helped stabilize the city a bit. So that's this history of the banyan trees. Another special place in Fuzhou that most tourists will really go to is this place called South Fanqixiang, which I would say is a street, but it's more of like a block. But it's basically an area of the city in the city centre where they've maintained a lot of like the old buildings, like the old residential buildings that people used to live in. So it's basically just this giant street. It's really beautiful. There's a lot of bunion trees, of course, but it's really beautiful. It's filled with shops now, um, and they're all like very old style Chinese buildings. And that's really interesting to me because it was the place where like my dad grew up. And like, if you take my grandma there, which we have been, um, she's getting old. So she can recognize the streets, like even the house, the street and the house number, I guess maybe was kind of maintained. So you can basically go find the house that my grandma lived in when my dad was still living in full job. So that is pretty damn cool. Um, but yeah, aside from my travels, I just want to say it has been a real pleasure to be the acting EP of Asian Pop Nation 2023. Thanks to the success of the Save Sin campaign. Hopefully, Asian Pop Nation will continue on to next year. 
and for many more years to come and bring to you the many more areas of Asian culture and music. Some of my favorite Asian moments of the year that I would like to highlight is obviously just the amazing concerts that we had this year. Like we had Alexa, I particularly remember the Radwimps concert that happened recently. And also uh, Guilty by Taman, the song that was recently released of the dance practice, the dance. Um, I still can't get it out of my head. So those are some of my favorite moments. But yeah, thank you everyone for your continued support. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next year. This is Bye from Jesse. That was Jessie with a little postcard from Fuzhou, Fujian. She talks a little about the sights and sounds of her dad's home city and also reminisced a bit about some of her highlights this year. I just want to shout out Jessie for being our excellent EP this year. Um, she definitely had big shoes to fill taking over from Alicia last year and she really has stepped up to the challenge. She's just really improved so much. I'm very proud of her. But Anyway, next up, I'm going to cut back to the studio where Leisha, Ethan and I had a bit of a reminiscing session about how this year went in general for us and for APN. If we're talking on a personal level, this year was a little bit scary. Uh, I basically finished university, so I was kind of coming out into the world. You know, one of those like, I'm a free bird and I can do whatever I want. But also that sort of freedom and no structured routine was freaking me out. So I was a little bit like aimless throughout the year. I don't want to be very cheesy, but being a part of like the APN team this year has really like helped me out personally in terms of like A, feeling like I have my life together in some way, um, and B, so that I'm not like rotting at home all the time, um, trying to figure out what to do with my life. So this year, again, it's been a bit of a hectic one purely because I was just kind of like, oh, what do I do with my future? But I think being with you guys and all that stuff has definitely like, Oh no, I'm just very grateful for y'all, <laughs> for being around. Yeah, a lot of our, because a lot of people from APN last year or the year before that, a lot of us were still studying, but now it seems like this year and certainly into next year, a lot of us are moving out of uni and into full-time work, real which is world. yeah, a very real like character development arc for us at APN. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, I, I'm sure it's scary for all of us as well, but because we all have each other. Um, it's less scary for all of us. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, you put it perfectly down. I think. And I mean, I don't know, man. What about what about you, man? How's your year been? Mm, yeah. No, it's definitely been a lot more busy. Um, compared to last year as well, when I basically had nothing on except APN, um, and classes, obviously. But um, hectic in a good way, but also like it's, it's just busy. Yeah. 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 I definitely think definitely for me, starting work last year was a huge like turning point in my life but also I think my, the first year of actual work was like the best year of my life probably Ooh. like because it was just the freedom of not having to stress about assignments all day and feeling actually useful and not being like why am I doing this assignment for something which will never come handy like mm. later on in life mm. and, like making an actual impact on another person's life mm. um, this year in contrast has been a bit more stressful um, part of that has to do with work but also I feel like this year has been very busy because I feel like last year we were still kind of coming out of COVID this year has been super busy in terms of like all the concerts are starting up everyone's coming to Australia suddenly and it feels more post-pandemic than last year even even though it's been like what two years since the actual pandemic mm -hmm. times no like things have been kicking and then i know like sin originally at the start of the year you know we had a lot of big plans of like do this event and do that and obviously a big thing i think if i'm just speaking of sin in general that kind of was a big i don't know boulder to have to push through was like the whole fundraising situation as well oh, that yeah. happened this year uh which, you know, kind of put us all in, like, a big panic moment as well. I feel like that's one thing I think about when I think about this year. <laughs> the same scene, the, like, oh, guys, the scene's going to shut down. <laughs> that's just funny. No, no problem at all. We're just chilling here. <laughs> yeah. I felt like that was also something which made, like, this year a bit more hectic than usual. But, you know, we managed to push through <laughs> at the end. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, scene is going to continue for another year. Um, whether or not APN will continue for another year, uh, I guess we'll see next year. But <laughs> <laughs> very grim, very <laughs> crying, sobbing. I mean, Ethan mentioned it earlier. That's like a lot of us are 
in like our twenties, we don't have a lot of like really really young participants in our little group of ours. So it's kind of scary, guys.、Mm-hmm. What's gonna、yeah. happen to us? <laughs> no, like I think we can make it work. It's just gonna look a bit different to how we've been running it the past. Yeah, years. I definitely think I don't know if it'll look the same, well, sound the same as what we've always done in terms、yeah. of Zoom recordings and that sort of stuff. But one way or another, I'm sure we'll be back. Yeah.、Um, mm-hmm. So. And not us, maybe like a future generation of really cool Asian people at Sin doing Asian pop nation. Who knows? You know. <laughs> wow, we're so sad. It's like first proper segment, and we're so sad. We're、already. so sad. Twenty twenty three was a sad year. <laughs> I think it had a lot of good stuff, but I think it's like for us at least with the end of this year, it's a little bit bittersweet. Hey.、Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's time for some more songs.、Uh, we're gonna start off actually with we're gonna start off with some songs that JP has recommended. JP's not here in person, but he's very much with us in spirit all the time. He's always popping into our meetings.、Um, we miss him a lot. And he's in Japan, by the way. He's, he's not in, dead. Yeah, he's, yeah not, he's not dead. <laughs> I just sound like he's like gone with us forever. Yeah,、RP. he's actually doing great things in Japan. He's gonna like he's actually an artist, which is like crazy. Like he's so talented. Yeah, and we miss him a lot. But yeah, he's still with us in. Spirit because he's provided some songs for us to play. The first one we're going to play is by King New, and it's called Glass Window. This is Asian Pop Nation. My name is Tracy, and I'm here to run you down the last three songs that we just played. These were all songs that JP, our beloved team member, dearly departed to Japan.、Um, he picks these out, and they're all pretty good songs, actually. Like he did a good job with these. JP, he kind of ate with them. First up, we played King New with the song Glass Window. This is actually a recent release、um, from October. After that, we played a song by Yuki from 2015 that we actually played. Fun fact for our Valentine's special show last year. That's kind of Cute,、um, but the song has a really long Japanese title. It is Suki Denandaru Namida.、Um, that's the song title.、Uh, after that, we played a song by Taiwanese artist Huawei called "Have a Nice Day," and I hope you two listeners are having a nice day. Well, someone who I'm pretty sure is having a nice day for real is JP, who is in Japan right now. I'm just going to cut to the little postcard that he sent us, just about his time in 2023, and you know, just about fun thoughts that are occupying his brain at the moment. What up? It's your boy JP sending this from JP. I can't believe it's the last show of the year for APN. Things have just gone by so fast, you know. It's like sitting at the side of a, you know, quiet mountain road that goes at like fifty kilometers per hour. You know, it's like really chill. And all of a sudden, a Lamborghini just goes like, you know, breaks the sound barrier, and the, the trees like, you know, you know, it's like that. You know,、um, as I'm sure it's been for everyone. You know, that's how time goes. It just goes by so fast.、Um, but in my case, it feels like it's gone by really fast too. You know. I'd say this year has been a year of much change for me.、Um, this is my first time、um, living away from home, especially like in a different country too. It's like, what the heck am I doing, man? But yeah, it's been really nice. I've been here in Japan for seven or so months,、um, like nearly a year, and man, it's been such a blast. Like, I can't even, I can't even pick what my favorite part is、um, about Japan. Um, but if I could list out a few things, one thing I would list out is、um, the konbinis. Oh my god, the konbin! Okay, I swear. If I had to take one thing away from Japan and like remember forever, it would be the konbinis. I literally, I live in the middle of nowhere. You drive one hour away from the city, and it's just like pure wilderness. There's like nothing here except trees, birds, deer, and old people.、Um, it's hella amazing. But despite how isolated it might feel, or like how countryside-y it is, there's like always a konbini. Like I swear to God, either a konbini or like a vending machine. Like I can't tell you how many times I've driven through like an abandoned, dark mountain road only to find like two vending machines. In the middle of the darkness, like a safe checkpoint, you know, it's insane here.、Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things I take away: the convenience、um, and just like the really chill sanctuary vibes that、um, the convenies give.、Um, lots of memories eating with coworkers, just like eating ice cream or something outside、um, after a hard day's work. You know, if I had to list another thing though about working here. 
Um, I'd say one of the best things about where I live is the nature. Like, I've come to appreciate nature a lot more this year because the nature here is just that good. Literally, every time I walk out my door, I look to the right and I see a big-ass volcano that is still active. Um, <laughs> and alongside, like, a bunch of other mountains. But you know what I mean, right? It's just so pretty every time you look out. And, like, depending on the weather, right, it changes how it looks. It's so cool. Season-wise as well, like, spring flowers everywhere <laughs> summer i mean like it's just hot it's too hot to appreciate anything but autumn oh my god everything turns orange it's so good it's autumn right now here um and we're moving into winter and sometimes like even now it's starting to snow you know it's so crazy it's really good here yeah that's how um that's how life goes man it just goes so fast <laughs> You know, like we're, we're living our life you know, right now as it is, but then tomorrow we're going to wake up like, you know, old people, you know, be like, oh man, where'd all that time go? It must've been so fun, you know? And that's how it's been here. It's been really fun. Not just here in Japan, but here on APN too. You know, I haven't been able to make many appearances because I've been so busy. Um, but whenever I get to record with the peeps here, it's been really, really fun. It's been really chill. Um, it's been super sick. And yeah, congratulations, everyone, for making it to the end of the year. You know, we have lived another year. We got a lot more years to go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Also, I saw a deer get hit um, once here in Japan, though it didn't die. Like, it just, like, it, like, flew for a bit and then, like, spun around in the road, like, so, so confused. Um, they managed to run off, you know. Um, yeah, that's, that's a core memory <laughs> for Japan. Uh, but yeah, that's how life goes, right? Sometimes, like, you're walking and a big surprise comes out of nowhere and you just gotta, like, you know, try to get yourself up. Yeah, that's it. Have a good one, everyone. That was JP, APN's resident cryptid man, with a little postcard from Japan. He's been living out there since, I think, April this year as a professional manga artist, which is crazy. He's had fewer appearances on the show this year, but it's always a good time when he does stop by. One of my APN highlights of the year was his section in one of our uh, one of the member mixtape episodes we did, where he talks about fish in a pond, listening to the little voice clips he sends in. It feels a bit like slipping into some sort of wacky power dimension. If you're listening, JP, we love you, man. We miss your energy here in Melbourne. Another member who's not in Melbourne right now is Xenia, our other penal representative. She's gone on a crazy tour of Southeast Asia right now, but she sent along this little postcard reflecting on all the overseas traveling she's done this year and also a mini review of a movie she watched on the plane there. Greetings from Siem Reap in Cambodia, the home of Angkor Wat, which I went to see as part of my group tour of Southeast Asia. So I'll be spending seven days in each country around the Indochina region, Cambodia first, and then making my way anti-clockwise to Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand. So I'm just on the first leg at the moment. I think it's now just day three or day four at the time of this recording. It's been, it's been nice. It does kind of feel like the Philippines, does kind of feel like home, but not really. The roads are better. There's actual pathways, paved pathways, and the tuk-tuks are far more secure and well structured than in the Philippines. But anyway, this is not my first trip that I did this year. I was in my final year of university, so I wanted to make the most of it because who knows how much annual leave I'll get to accumulate in the coming years. Um, earlier this year, during the semester actually, I was able to go to the Philippines for the first time in seven years, go to my aunt's wedding, to my grandma's memorial, and yeah, just reunite with family. It's been a very long time and it was a very, very nice time. It's always good to feel that kind of unconditional love from family, even if you might have complaints about how they do things and how they manage things. But, you know, family is family and we'll constantly have them in our lives, you know? 
And then earlier this year, I went to Japan. I think it was in July for about a month and a half, making my way up from Okinawa all the way to Tokyo,、um, exploring like Fukuoka, which is the southernmost island, Shikoku, which is on the eastern seaboard, another island there. And I'd say the highlight of that trip was being able to cycle the Shimanami Kaido, which is this massive bridge that spans a couple of islands between mainland Japan and Shikoku. I think I totaled up with about 100 kilometers of cycling, and I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again. Because of how painful that experience was. But I think it might have also been the choice of bike I had. I decided to do it just with an old traditional manual bike. An electric bike would have been much easier, but I don't think it would have been as rewarding. And what else has been a highlight of the year? I think watching Elementals on the plane to, <laughs> to Cambodia was an amazing experience and an emotional one to have crammed next to two other people on an airplane. But oh, it was just perfect for me. It was a romance that was really well done about how to manage cross cultural relationships. And it was also an exploration of how do you manage the sacrifice that your parents make for you if you come from a first generation migrant family. And yeah, like how do you manage those expectations that aren't necessarily set upon you by your parents, but even just. By yourself.、Um, yeah, so it's definitely a must watch, and I don't think the marketing really did it justice since it made it seem like a, a zootopia, I suppose, about elements. But I think it's definitely a must watch, and I believe it would become a bit of an underrated gem in the Pixar universe. But I think that's enough of me blabbing, and I hope my other compatriots have some interesting stories to tell about their trips overseas. And well, I look forward to hearing some of their postcards as well on the show. Thanks for being an amazing audience here on Asian Pop Nation for 2023, and I hope that you also make the journey to listen to us next year. So, peace out. This is Senya from Siem Reap in Cambodia, signing off. That was Zenia with a little postcard from Cambodia,、uh, just talking about some of the traveling she's done this year and also giving us a mini review of the Pixar animated movie Elementals. I wonder how people will remember Elementals in a few years. Like Zenia said, the marketing really did screw it over, but it did really well in South Korea and has gotten pretty good reviews here on Asian Pop Nation, not just from Zenia, but also Lee and Lee Sha, who reviewed the movie when it first came out. I hope it's one of those movies that people look back and go, actually, we were way too harsh on it. Like, it's actually pretty good. But next up, we're going to play a song from a group who are probably, I would argue, the defining K pop group of 2023.、Um, they had the best first half of the year of any other group in recent memory, but also the worst second half of the year of any other group in recent history. And that's right, I'm talking about 50 50, best known for their single Cupid. Now, 50 50 began the year relatively unknown, but they scored a surprise smash hit with Cupid. It went on to become an enduring presence, as you all know, on TikTok, on radios, and on pop charts worldwide, achieving the sort of success that K pop companies dream of, salivate over, plot to get. You know the story. They even scored a high profile feature on the Barbie soundtrack, probably the defining movie of 2023. And then in the second half of the year, it all went downhill. They wound up in this drawn out, complicated, really contentious, really draining legal battle with their company in artist management, which ended up completely tarnishing their reputation in Korea and causing three out of four girls to get kicked out of the group. And thinking about 5050's story this year just makes me really sad because they rose so high but they fell so fast and so hard. You know, the girls who were kicked out will probably never promote in the K pop industry again, despite being very talented. And it really is just a microcosm of the late stage capitalistic trash fire that is the K pop industry. But anyway, here's a song from their debut last year that Ethan picked out because he really likes it. It's a song that they released before everything went down, before Cupid even happened. This song is called Love and Me. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation. The three songs you just heard were Love and Me by 5050, Hot Air Balloon by Espa, as well as Voyage by Kim Sejong. Now, these three songs were songs that I personally picked because I listened to them throughout the year. I guess they have a sentimental kind of association 
more specifically because Kim Sejong had her Melbourne concert a week ago as of today from recording and I just wanted to talk about that as well as all the other concerts that we've been to as APN and as just as existing people as we were kind of talking off air about like what are some of our favorite moments of the year I think generally for the team a lot of what made this year for us has been the amount of concerts that have happened Mm. in Melbourne I think across the board beyond just Asian music concerts have made a big comeback in general because like pandemic and all that jazz but I think with Asian music specifically there were so many artists that came down which I was like wow you know Melbourne exists Kim Sejong being like one of them Kim Sejong was a big one I can't believe they got her to come down because I didn't know she had that big of an, an audience. audience yeah and I'm um, like oh, like in my head at least whenever for example I go back to Malaysia and all that stuff like people that I talk to back in Asia still have to conception that like Australia doesn't have Asian people in it like they kind of forget how multicultural specifically places where we are like Melbourne or Sydney and all that stuff so for a lot of Asian artists that came down here this is probably like a moment where they're like oh wow Mm. there's a lot of Asian people that really like like my stuff and there's a lot of demand and I think you know this was kind of proof of that but Kim Sejong am I right? (laughs) Yeah no there was a segment where she was like quizzing the audience like who here is you know Korean Australian and how many of you are like born in Australia stuff like that and so it was really interesting to see what the like the general diaspora of Kim Sejong's Australian audience was and yeah there is a big Asian community in Australia so there's obviously going to be a high demand for that but just in general like the appreciation of Asian artists um, in Australia is a lot higher than we anticipated um, than we could have ever imagined which is you know awesome didn't she have well, so uh, for context, uh, Kim Sejong had a concert at Festival Hall in Melbourne, which is actually the same venue that P1 Harmony and later Nikki performed at. And afterwards, she did a free high touch, like yeah. a surprise high touch event. She didn't do a high touch event. She like stood behind like these bollards. <laughs> is it called bollards? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a little sign And then everyone, moment. like when they walk out of the thing, they can like walk past her and wave. And it was very Aww. amazing. Aww. It was very wholesome. Um, I think in retrospect, I definitely should have gone for like the VIP. I feel really bad about not paying for that because it was I just think it would have been so much better if I was up front up close even though the ticket prices were quite steep um, I don't know I feel like the organisation of like the company behind the concerts probably could have done a better job but like Sejong herself is such a great artist and I like I don't think you guys realised but like there was a time where she was like parallel with Wendy for me like she was like a big oh, wow. I really oh, liked her damn. my god I, I just think like she she has such vocal range and like acting ability as well like, I, I definitely think she's probably going to focus more on acting as well. But, um, like, yeah, she's just such a pure person. Like, she's so happy and joyful yeah. all the time. And, um, yeah, that's my concert experience. Uh, what about you guys? P1 Harmony. Oh, yeah, P1 oh, yeah. Harmony at the same venue. Both of us went, Tracy, you and I. I mean, we've talked about it in the show before, so we don't have to go, like, super into it. Listen to past episodes if you want to know our <laughs> thoughts, you know, that sort of thing. But, yeah, no, P1 Harmony. Uh, yeah, talk about concerts in general. Before we came into studio, I was trying to, like, remember all the stuff we went to collectively as a team, either for media work, which we're very grateful for, or just, like, in our own time span. Because I could live for Got Tracy that you me and Xenia went to Rita at like January. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> like just as fans. Yeah, just as like casual fans. This was in January. We had no chance to talk about our APN because didn't have a show till like late Feb. Um, oh, did we not talk about Rina Sawayama? No, I don't. Oh. think we never did. No, we never did. Because yeah. it was like right in the start of the year was her show in Melbourne, and that to me was like the start of it all. <laughs> peak peak Asian artist content and then again we also went to see Alexa which we did oh yeah we did interview her we did interview her and went to a concert Ethan that was crazy I'm still very like I don't know what your experiences are with concerts or just meeting celebrities in general but like has that like worn off on you like the like like not the novelty but just like the idea of like actually seeing a K-pop person in person has that like worn off on you now or you just like oh it's just another celebrity or like are you still like amazed by the fact of like this person that you've watched online is like right in front of you sometimes we're even talking with them in the same room oh my god she was in this room no she was in the other room she was in the other room she was in the other room but, but still she was, she was insane. in the building um but yeah i i mean for me i still think i have like the goosebumps the, the ah freaking out moment because i remember after we did the alexa one we also had a pum vimpirit interview mm. as well and that one even though that was online me and lee who's not here were freaking the hell out over it 
still. And yeah, like looking back at all the clips and memories from all of that, I still get like really giddy about it. Like I can't believe this is like this is us guys. Like we just come here every week, talk about silly little Asian things that we want to talk about, make stupid memes, and then occasionally we get like these big opportunities, and it's a very like oh, moment. Oh yeah, you we know? interviewed Amber as well. We did. That was, yeah, that was a big one where I was like, whoa, that's insane. Yeah. Amber is like a, a household name. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Person. Amber from FX. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And all of that for like the Sonic Music Festival. It was like a back to back thing. Mm. Gareth T, Gentle Bones. Like we were just churning out content there, and then also like was able to go to the festival as well. There's just so many. Oh my god. Twice was probably <gasps> the most recent one. Tracy yes. and myself. Um. And then yeah, again, there's like a bunch that we went like out of APN media work of just artists that we really like. Me and Lee went to PH1. One of those artists which I had the same thought with like Kim Sejong where it's like I can't believe they know Melbourne exists type of thing. Um, Radwimps which Xenia mm. and Jesse went. Yeah. Um, I can do just so many acts. There's even a lot more that we never will talk on air because they've happened like they're gonna happen like after our season ends like oh, yeah. Grant Perez is coming down Lee recently went to see Joji um like oh, it's just was Keshi this year? Was that Keshi? Year? No it was uh, okay. last year yeah well this year I remember I went to Jaguar Jones and oh, yeah. Grant Perez at the Corner Hotel. Maybe this was last year. And I also went to Cornelius at the Forum, which is, I never actually talked about it on air, but that was a really good concert. I got Barrier and it was a really magical experience oh because all the music was perfectly synced to the video accompaniment and it was all extremely like intricate music with extremely intricate accompaniment. It felt very transcendental. Oh I don't my know God. how to describe it. But that might have been my favorite concert of the year. <gasps> oh my God. Either that or the Pum concert. The Pum concert was really Oh cool. yeah, I was going to say that's my favorite from yeah. the year for sure. I loved that whole concert experience. I think it was like in conjunction because me and Lee just did an interview and then it's like, well, now I'm hearing the guy on stage itself after just chatting with him and it was a very like, whoa, surreal moment. But I really liked that concert as well. It was just such good vibes. Yeah, the vibes are good. The yeah. crowd was so good. We were kind of up close. Everyone was singing along really loudly to the first two lines of every song. At some point, he just like started talking in Thai and people would shout things in Thai back at him. Like, it was just a very joyous experience. Mm -hmm. Like, a very nice, chill type of concert. And then I also, I just particularly really like Rita's all the way at the start of the year. That Mm. one is more of the fact of, like, that girl is, like, a powerhouse. Like, she she is a performer full stop, and I need her back so fast in a bigger, better venue. (laughs) I can't believe we saw her at 180 Russell. That's a pretty small venue. Mm -hmm. And hers was sold out so fast that she did, like, a second show, and then that one also sold out in, like, two seconds and Mike's Mike was also her like person who introduced oh yeah for us yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like a YouTuber if you guys don't know um yeah YouTuber who loves to do these random videos doing like two hour long lengthy videos about like everything you need to know about Glee season one (laughs) type of thing but yeah that was so that was just so funny I just think this year has been such a good year for concerts like live music and I guess speaking about live concerts and music it's up to my picks and I think the first song is very fitting for everything we've been talking about because one of my favorite songs from <laughs> this year is actually from Pum Vimpirin himself this song titled Grand Jai Please and yeah soak it in listen to it and maybe if you've been went to the concert as well this will be like a trip down memory lane as it was for me and yeah tune in here on APN Hey, hey, y'all. This is Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. It's me, Leisha, here. And just now you heard three songs which were personally handpicked by me as some of my favorite songs from 2023 because huzzah, APN's in our last episode. And let me talk to you through these songs I picked. Firstly, I picked the song titled Grand Jai Please by Pum Vim Purid before moving along with the song titled Princess Bubblegum, which comes from a Malaysian artist called Airlifts. And lastly, I played the song titled Burn It to the Crown, which is by
by an Indian American singer called Shriya Kaul. And like I mentioned earlier, we're kind of having a bit of like a 2023 retrospective, looking back at what this year has offered us content-wise. And earlier we talked about concerts being a big part of, I guess, the APN Collective 2023 experience. But now we want to talk about TV shows, movies, and maybe a little bit of anime. Hmm. And I guess firstly I wanted to put it on the floor of how you guys felt like that whole like TV and movie show scene has been like for Asian content this year. You know, kind of dry. <laughs> I think we've talked about a lot on APN, but I think what we mean by dry is like I don't think the, the shows had like that big of an impact on the outside Asian circles as opposed to like last year.、Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking like everything, everywhere, all at once, for example, has such a big moment. Things like. Squid Game, ooh, JP and Ethan's favorite topic,、um, was also a big moment. Whereas like this year, there were some hits here and there, but I feel like they didn't have that, you know, grip beyond like the Asian community. I don't know. What do you think, Mister Ethan? Yeah, I, I definitely think there was not a lot of like. Asian produced content, like in in terms of like Asian produced content in the public discourse, um, or like in mainstream pop culture. In saying that, I think there were a lot of like Asian actors or Asian characters in a lot of Western media as well. So like most notably, I think Past Lives was probably the biggest one. It's fine. Um, and and then like um, <laughs> like other movies like The Creator or um, what's that Netflix movie you were talking about? Nimona. Oh. Nimona, Nimona as、yeah. well, or like um, oh like even recently with the Marvels, with yeah,、like、the Park Marvels Sojun one, and, yeah,、um, Park Sojun and Ms. Marvel Ms. herself Marvel as well,、self. of、mm-hmm. course. Um, yeah, so like I I think there were a lot of you know Asian representation in media yeah, as we've obviously talked, yeah, about. yeah, like across the Spider Verse as well. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, like Barbie. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Simu Liu as Ken、oh. number a thousand, like woohoo. <laughs> so yeah, like、uh, still you know representation, but like I don't know, I didn't feel like there was anything landmark. I I, I know that you know like obviously、um, Attack on Titan was big, K-pop was big. Attack on Titan. Yeah, like Attack on Titan, the show. It ended. Yeah, it ended. This year was like the end. Of Attack on Titan. Oh, okay.、I、yeah, it was、that. like a big thing <laughs>、yeah. for, for a while. Yeah. yeah, dear listeners, reminder that the three people who are on here are notoriously not the biggest anime, like avid anime watchers. So we're all、really、K dramas. We don't yeah, really yeah. watch K dramas. You yeah, say、true. that, but Leisha, one of your biggest shows of this year was Trigun. <laughs> oh yeah, what 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 about Trigun? That's Tell us about true. Trigun. That's true. Hey, I, I feel like it's kind of funny because I've literally talked about Trigun in studio before. So you know. Listen back to a pause episode. Um, but no, I really this year a big hyperfixation of mine was definitely Trigun. Um, if you don't know, it's like a really really old anime from 1998 that had like a revival in 2023 called Trigun Stampede, and it's kind of funny because I think I only started watching it because of that very specific Twitter phenomena that happened <laughs> earlier in the year with a certain Twitter user named Nicholas Nicholas. But anyways. <laughs> And because I was, I guess, particularly researching the whole topic and all that stuff, I went on like a deep rabbit hole of Trigun, and then hence now I am here talking about Trigun again at the end of the year. So I would say APN partially has a as a cool reason of why I'm so interested in this show. But I feel like this show was like the big thing for me of like getting back into anime, which is something I felt like I. I really, really liked anime when I was like a teenager, but I fell out of it during like I don't know when I was like fifteen onwards, and then now I'm twenty three. So this was like my big resurgence moment, and I feel like now. I mean, I'm not saying I have like dived straight deep into anime, but I'll say now I definitely am building like a watch list of all the other shows I really wanted to watch. I've also now am very deep in the Jujutsu Kaisen rabbit hole. Don't talk to me about the recent episodes. I am mourning about my favorite characters. Not existing anymore in the show, haha. Um, but yeah, I felt like for me, surprisingly, being an APN for like the past two years and all that stuff didn't convince me to be in the anime space up until now <laughs> because we did a stupid Twitter research thing about a. <laughs> I can't believe it was Piglet Stickless. I didn't put that together right now. Like I didn't put two and two together until now, but it was because it was because of that. When we talked、oh、about it, we、God. had JP with us, and he was like, "I've never watched Tricon," and I was like. Oh my god! And then yeah, and then I I was like, let me tune in a little bit, and I was like, wow, this is the best show that's ever existed in my life. I could go on a whole tangent about Trigun, but y'all don't need to hear that. Go watch the show <laughs> yourself. 
But speaking of, I don't know, shows that have kind of taken over people's brains, I think Tracy has uh, one to share with the class. Ethan and I know very well what is she about to talk about because she's mentioned it to us. Like maybe listeners will off know as air, well. but before yeah. But basically, if you know me, I'm not someone who watches TV shows. Basically, like I very, Ooh. very rarely watch TV shows. I watched this was the only TV show I watched this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just realized, yeah. But uh, for me, the first half of this year was all about Boys Planet. Oh, I was is. such a devout Boys Planet watcher. Like I kept up with all the videos they put up, all the behind the scenes content, which is actually better than the full show. Also, the whole sort of meta narrative of like how contestants on the show were doing in the like the wider population and who's getting popular and like how the fans were acting because that's like all part of the boys planet or any sort of produce experience is that meta sort of fan interaction part of it we did have a segment earlier this year where I spent like way too long talking about my one pick who was Camden Camden (laughs) was a very special boy to me (laughs) and this whole dad thing like that's still one of the things I'm remembering in my head forever is Tracy going off about Camden and his dad online like his dad is insane. But uh, let's talk about Camden. He's great. Um, on the show, he was known for being inexpressive and extremely awkward. Looking back, it was because he was extremely nervous the whole time he was on the show. And as the show progressed, he sort of grew more comfortable with the people around him. And people were like, wait, actually, he's actually like really funny and really expressive. This is so crazy. What the hell? And for me, like part of the whole joy of Boys Planet was like, just catching up on him week to week he had no screen time but all the screen time he had was like revolutionary to me because it was like putting together this fuller image of who he was as a person because he was just like total like enigma at the start he had no screen time for like most of the show he was very much a dark horse pick as in he placed 82nd out of 100 in the first episode mm-hmm. but he made it further than I thought he for made somebody... it to the finale yeah exactly for someone who doesn't have a lot of screen time he only got screen impressive. time in the last few episodes because like he, he was funny um but like he was he got no screen time and he, like every single elimination he was always like hovering around the cutoff so it was just this like he's gonna like be kicked out of the competition real soon you know like let's hope FNC does something with him but he would miraculously progress to the next stage and be like what the hell like K fans keep doing what you're doing because he was totally a K fan pick like international people didn't care about him as much as the K fans side did but anyway, <laughs> but recently he actually has debuted. He's made his debut with a group called Apples and One from FNC Entertainment. They're the entertainment company that put up P1 Harmony and Woo-hoo! also SF9, um, AOA, um, a lot of other groups, CM Blue, FT Island, etc. and Flying. And actually, I've been having so much fun, like just following this group. Like they're such a good group. Their title track on and on from their new album is really good. We're going to be playing it next up after this segment and like just the group themselves the seven boys they're great they're just so great and the fandom is really sweet there's zero drama the promotion is good the variety is good they're really funny they can all sing you know I'm just really happy and well fed maybe this is just because I'm a Pentagon stan and I'm not used to uh, having joy as a fan <laughs> but like, like it's been such a nice experience so you know if you're looking for a new boy group to stan uh, Amazon 1 really highly recommend it they are just so funny and so sweet and so beautiful. Um, so this is right now, we're going to play the debut track On and On by Appers and One. You enjoy it. Hey guys, this is Tracy and you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You've just heard three tracks, all of which that I've picked because they were significant for me in 2023. Today is going to be our last show for the year and we're just, you know, reflecting on what it's been like, you know, this whole year. First up, we played Ampersand One with On and On. This is a recent release from a newly debuted boy group and it's such a fun song. I really recommend you check out Ampersand One. Um, after that, we played Esper with Better Things, which is probably one of my favorite songs of the year we'll talk about it more in this upcoming segment and lastly we played cat and Kamel with overstimulated i think this song summarizes how i felt this year very well it's also a really good song uh, by an australian artist and this segment we're going to be talking about the music that we liked in 2023 you know what 2023 was like for us in terms of music our favorite artists this year this year you know our favorite albums mostly k-pop because it's mostly just us K-pop. three yeah like disclaimer this is leisha ethan and me so we're the k-pop contingent on apn it's just going to be very k-pop heavy but i will try and throw in some non-k-pop <laughs> picks as well Oh, I mean, before we talk about K-pop, yeah. at the very start of the year, when you guys went to that Rina Sawayama concert, I did mm. listen to her music after that, and I got really into that. So Hold the Girl. Yeah, Hold the Girl is really good. <laughs> so, yeah. 
literally the a fan the like game. the week after because <laughs> all my other friends are like oh i think you'd like her <laughs> too late to the game you missed out on pure her music is perfection. really good though like it's really fun and like she's obviously had singles since then as well like um that john wick song yes the john wick um, one eye for an eye so, yeah, yeah no, that was so good after i watched the john wick movie with xenia i literally had that song like playing on loop for a very long time xenia had like one song from the actual soundtrack that i think she says it's going to be like her top song on Spotify rap, which is very funny. But yeah, no, Rena. Ooh, <laughs> she has a great year. Rena is good. Yeah, she's had a good year. Mm. I really liked like Gren Perez, his mm. EP, and all his like little small singles that he puts out here and there. I think musically, he's had a really good year. I think his popularity as well has like really like shot up a lot especially this year I just think he's like such a relatable guy who puts out really good stuff like I love it I feel like me and Lee have like contributed to putting a lot of his songs just on the run sheet throughout the year because dude's great man he's so good one that literally just popped in my head like one second ago but I think she's had probably a fantastic year for her like everything wise is Leve like oh Luffy yes (laughs) Leve? Like, I don't know how to pronounce her name, like, but I, I know see, how it's spelled. <laughs> I've seen her on like TikTok legit being like, guys, it's Leve. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I think her this year, like her entire album and like she's big, big now. Like mm. from the start, that song is probably one of the top most like played tracks of the year this year on like mainstream radio and everything. Yeah, yeah she's had a big, fantastic year. I'm still very emo because she did come to Melbourne this year and I did not get to go because she it was a tiny venue. It was a tiny little venue in Brunswick. And I know I hate the Brunswick, but like, oh, I'm still like crying sobbing about it. She so really went much. from like proper indie artist to like indie with quotation marks, like this year. Like, mm. she's doing collaborations with like Biba Doobie. And like, I think if you ask any sort of Asian Australian person who's of university age, they will know her music, or at least know like falling behind. Mm-hmm. She got an interaction with Rise on TikTok. As we speak about TikTok, I feel like a lot of her popularity has come from like stuff in videos that she puts up on TikTok because she's like she has like a funny like Gen Z humor to it. Really happy to see her growth. Actually, y'all got any other ones before we go deep into the K-pop hellhole? Uh- I just want to shout out an album that I listened a lot to this year. Like, I usually have, like, one alternative album that I listen to a lot. Last year, it was Elephant Jim's Dreams album, Mm. a math rock album that I really enjoyed. This year, it was Lee... Doll with her album Chunyo or Spring Travels is the translation. It feel it's an album that feels like a place. Like if I'm in a certain mood, I'll always reach for that album. It it feels very like lackadaisical, I guess. Like it's very laid back. It sounds like she's just having fun in the studio, um, but it's also like subtly weird as well. I think that's why I keep on going back to it. And I really like specifically how the backing vocals are recorded on these tracks. But yeah, that was probably my favorite indie album of the year um, by Lee Do from China. Yeah, let's dive right into the K-pop hell then. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think one that probably, like, a few of us are, like, itching to talk about. We mention it, like, every time we're not recording, but I feel like collectively we all think that Espa specifically, mm-hmm. like, they had some great hits this year. Big year for them in general, but I think for us there's been a lot of songs that we all individually yep. mm. really like from them this year. Yeah, I think Esma's always been like that, the experimental noise group. The new FX. Yeah, like that kind of new SM kind of sound. But this year especially, they've really refined what their style is. That spicy album. My word, what an album. That's oh such a good Oh my god, I love Thirsty so much. I really wanted to put it on my like three picks, like song picks on this run sheet. But I was like, no, no K-pop. People have heard me talk about <laughs> K-pop throughout the whole year. Enough. Mm. But I, oh, that My World album that, is yeah, that, so that, good. That mini album is like banger after banger. Like Welcome to My World yes. is like oh, yeah, you guys love one of my one. favorite songs of theirs. And it's like not something you'd expect from them. Like yeah, It's yeah. so like ethereal and so like it's worldly. very like Moses Sumney to me, which is like completely not someone who I'd imagine being born up in the K-pop mm, conversation. Yeah. Welcome to my world featuring Nevis. Yeah, probably one of my favorite <laughs> K-pop songs of the year, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And even songs like um Spicy, which is like quite, you know, Espa sounding, very but it's K-pop. like very, yeah, it's like very K-pop, very yeah. Espa sounding, but it feels more refined and more like 
not clean cut, but like it feels more like it feels more like the they know what they're sound. doing. Yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, just exactly. like let's be weird. Yeah, and exactly. See how there's it there's out. It's like there's intent in it. Yeah, they yeah, know, yeah. They exactly. know what is like gonna gel well together, and it's so ah, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. And then I think one song we also really really like, which is not in any album per se from Espa, but it's like a soundtrack for that Tetris <gasps> yes. movie, um, which is Hold On Hold Tight. On tight. <laughs> They've had great singles this year. Like Hold On Tight is Hold amazing. Tight. Um, what was the other one we were talking about? Better Thing. Better oh yeah, Better Things. Better Things is. Yeah. Better Things was an English single, and usually English singles are kind of a little bit cringe, a little bit too like supermarket background music for my taste. But Better Things is so good. It was good the first time I listened to it, and it's still good now when I listen back to it, as opposed to most songs where they sort of like die off because you overplay them. But Better Things is still so good to me. Like the way it's produced, just everything about it. It's just like a perfect pop song. Um, I think we're mentioning this other girl group as well, La Seraphim. Mm-hmm. Specifically mm. had a really good year. I mean, I know their like their main title track that they came out with, which is Unforgiven. I think that one is more of like a mix reception generally, but I think everything else has come out like that they've put out throughout the year has been like hit after hit for them. Yeah. I know their B side in which is in the Unforgiven album. Um but Eve the Psych Blue and Psych the and the Bluebird's Wife. Bird's wife. <laughs> Very yeah. weird title, but that one was like big, big and Hype was definitely promoting that song way more than Unforgiven at one point. Um but that song was big and they knew how big it was because there was like a time where they started pulling out like remixes. Like I froze. Um and it was like one of it was like Demi Lovato as well. Oh which was like, oh my God, this is crazy. But yeah, and then another one that we particularly really like, and Lee as well, who's like resident not K-pop girl, <laughs> but she also really likes this song, which we talked about a few episodes back, actually. It's Perfect Night, their yes. Overwatch collab song, which is also a fully English single that I just like. Yeah. It's just so good. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've recently been thinking like, oh, I don't know if I'm... No, no, just like in general, like I don't know if I'm going to stay in K-pop for much longer and like all the groups that you liked yeah. are slowly retiring or oh my God. growing up and, you know, like being less active. But like Fault Gen continues to come out with good music like every time. I always say like, oh, it's not... It's not the same, but then like Ive drops an album, or like, <laughs> or, like, um, like Espa comes up with a new single, and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm this back. is really interesting. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm so back. Yeah, like like when over. Red Velvet dropped their album like two uh, weeks ago, and we were like, this is yeah. it. We're back. We're so we're back. So back. <laughs> yeah. But I'm curious, Tracy, if there's like any male group. Or male soul artists, I don't know, songs that you really like throughout the years. Um, I really like Ampers and Ones. Yeah. <laughs> am I shocked? No. <laughs> no, but I also think that Boys Plant really did, like, I feel like last year was definitely the year of the girl groups, right? Like, you yes. had Lesser from New Jeans and all these um, 50-50. Like, you had all these really big debuts that really marks the start of a new generation. This year, I think, was the start of a new generation with boy groups because Boys Planet, like, there were no, like, major debuts last year, but this year we had, obviously, Zero Base One um, debuting, and all the, like, the boys that were on that show have now debuted in their own little groups, uh, like, even, formerly known as Blit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Uh, but, yeah, even is... um group managed by Jellyfish, but consists of the Yuehua and Weiguan trainees. Interesting arrangement, but yeah, they sold like 200k albums on their last thing, and obviously Amp as well. <laughs> My boys, the Ampers <laughs> are doing pretty well, so I think that maybe this will be like the start of like a, oh, this is like the new generation of boy groups um, this year. But I wanted to mention just to end off the segment, Triple S had a really good year this year. Had mm, like Motels in general, like Everything that Artemis or like Luna members have released. Oh, Artemis, yes. <gasps> They've put out so much good music. And like, I went through Triple S, especially. We played so much of the music because so much of their stuff has been S tier. I don't think they've released a single like bad song, but they've released mm. so many individual title tracks that are actually like top, top tier to me. Like Cherry Talk, Rising, We'd Love the B side, or like probably in my top 10 favorite K pop songs for this year. 
Go listen to Odd Eye Circle. Odd Eye Circle! Yeah, Genesis like Qua. Genesis. Changed my life. life. I'm telling you. Changed no, my life. Yeah, all the Luna girlies, like, this was the year where a lot of chaos happens for any, like, Luna fans, mm. but Odd Eye Circle! Yeah, she's like, still thriving! Because, you know, they've all gone to their different agencies and stuff, so, like, they're still trying to find their footing, I guess, but Odd Eye Circle and the, the artists that went to Artemis, they seem to have just hit the ground running and th- their music is phenomenal. So, um, yeah. yeah, Odd Eye Circle. I think recommend. if you like Oh, I circle you like Triple S. I think in my mind, there's not a huge amount distinguishing them. Like, it's just good music. And um, I think Triple yeah. S is coming to Melbourne, right? Are they? Whoa, yeah, I think they crazy. are. I saw like one promo, but I could be dead wrong. But I'm pretty sure I saw like some promotion that they're coming to Melbourne. You can fact check me on that. Oh my god, NCD fact check. No, that's not <laughs> that's not my top boy group song of the year. I like the other NCD subunit. Uh-huh. Waving. Oh no, NCD Doje Jung to oh, me is peak, yes. peak boy group. Like, it doesn't get better than that. I still think it's the best boy group, like, album, anything to come out from this year. And I said this at, like, the start of the year when we were doing our little, like, what's our favorite songs for the first half of the year? Um, this is still my favorite. I love Perfume oh, so much. Perfume is so good, guys. You don't understand. Their voice is just like, ooh, someone at SM8 with that one. I've um, also been listening to, like, Strawberry Sunday. Ah, yeah, beautiful. The B-Sound. One of the B-Sides. <laughs> it's just beautiful. <laughs> Guys, go just just go listen to NCT Do Jung. It's a very short EP. It's all just beautiful, sublime harmonies and R&B no R&B yeah harmonies. they picked the perfect like three guys for that one like their voice is just oh my god I it's so good yeah but is there anything else you want, anyone wants to bring up hmm I think Kiss of Life new debut <gasps> group yes I think they're are they still in like Nugu Nugu type of title I don't know but they're coming up I still love Sugarcoat so much which yes. is Nati one of the members her solo song to me it's like the best solo song still like mm. in the entirety of this year it's so good that's the first thing they put out and like I think that really got everyone's attention like because yeah. it is such a good song Kiss of Life definitely the best girl group debut of this year obviously the company is sinking a lot of money into them the girls are really talented but they're also from a very unknown company mm. whose previous group lasted like two years before disbanding oh. But they're doing so well, considering they're coming from like a, a really unknown company by a former Cube founder. So yeah, um, I really hope they continue to do well. If only like after that whole fifty-fifty debacle to prove that girl groups who come from these unknown companies can do well in the industry because it really sucks if it just becomes like a monopoly or like a just like a big three sort of yeah agency and no one else can exactly. Make I guess big successful. four now. Hey, hype. Um, but yeah. yeah. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah, but right now we're going to play some non-K-pop songs because the person who picked our next songs was Lee. The Pumvi favorite concert we talked about in the last segment, but he really was dear to us because uh, she picked one of the highlights from that concert for me, which is the Soyun and Pumvi favorite collaboration, Wings, from 2020. Wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Hey guys, this is Tracy from Asian Pop Nation. You've just heard three tracks, all picked by our member Lee, and they're all very classic Lee tracks. First up, we played Soyun with Pum Vifru, the collab song Wings, absolutely beautiful song. After that, we played a track from Korean indie band Wave to Earth called Bad, which is a good song, contrary to its name. And lastly, we played a song by Australian Japanese... <laughs> artists i guess we can say that joji um his song feeling like the end because guess what we've come to the end of the show the end of the show and the end of apn for 2023 guys it's it's oh finally it's over it's over for now it's really over oh my god <sighs> yeah and yeah i guess that's a wrap thank you for joining our team tonight as we talked through you know what 2023 has meant for us tonight we had me tracy we had ethan and we had leisha but we also had remotely joining us from the little overseas trips we had jesse jp and Zenia. and i also want to shout out the other members of our team for this year we had alishpa turkey and lee lee actually should have been here today but the <laughs> apple store sucks apparently <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was APN for this year, and um, it's been it's been a time. I'm gonna miss this little box of hours for this year. We did a lot more in studio stuff this year, and it feels kind of bittersweet to say bye bye to this little space as we all go off in our holiday travels and whatnot. But 
Yeah, guys, end of Olympia 2023, we did it! Yeah! Oh, my God. Yeah, so Apian is most likely going to return in February or March next year. So I guess in the meantime, you can listen back to our playlists on our Asian Pop Nation playlists account on Spotify or listen back to our podcasts on the Asian Pop Nation podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We also have all of our previous year's stuff as well, from like 2021 onwards. So maybe listen back to that as well in the meantime. But we're going to be wrapping up the show with a couple of Christmas songs, because, you know, it will be December when we air this show, and we're going to start it off with an artist we have mentioned a few times today, actually, Grant Perez, with his song... Very fittingly titled, Christmas Starts Tonight. Yay, that's it, APN! Goodbye!